Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret Birds HQ podcast. And this is podcast episode number 73. And today, our special guest is Sharla. And Sharla is the founder of That Girl Cooks Healthy. Hello, Sharla. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Okay, now let's get the name going here. I know you don't like to be called by your name, your full name. <laughs> so we're gonna call you, are we going to call you Sharla today or are we going to call Charla. you Charla? or Charles. Charles. Okay, I'll go with Charles. Sounds very, <laughs> I like Charles. It sounds very good. That's fine. That's okay, fine. so Charles, welcome to the podcast. And Charles describes herself as a young woman of African-Caribbean heritage who is currently residing in the UK. Um, what inspired her to try her hand at blogging was gleaming through some of her favorite health fanatic bloggers and having desire, the desire to join them on the same platform. Uh, she says that since she was a young girl, she's been intrigued by cooking, but didn't channel her energy until her early womanhood. She grew up in a Caribbean household where it was customary for girls to acquire the art of cooking. Yeah, we all know that. <laughs> Perhaps that means why she designed her new website. Again, check it out, www thatgirlcookshealthy.com. Unfortunately, the art of cooking seems like a dying trend, she says, and with high levels of obesity and vascular disease, it's important to take control of what does go inside the body and what causes harm. Despite her cultural upbringing, or perhaps in spite of it, she appreciates food in its broader context, meaning she's more than happy to sample most foods from different cultures. In her spare time, you'll find her cooking um, in the kitchen and exploring all of the, the creativity between, be, behind her food and as well as juices. You're into juices as well. And your background, I think, is Cuban, Jamaican, and something else, right? Just Cuban and Jamaican. Okay, Cuban and Jamaican. So That Girl Cooks Healthy is a healthy haven for gluten and dairy-free recipes. Again, welcome to the podcast, Charles. And please, everyone, before we start, make sure this is what you need to do right now. Go to the internet and click www.thatgirlcookshealthy.com so you can see Charles and you can see all of her wonderful, wonderful recipes. And you need to follow her in social media. Her Instagram is lit. I love her Instagram. It's <laughs> got every, all these amazing things. I'm always going on there thinking, can I do that? I don't know. <laughs> That's too fancy for me. But um, it's really incredible, all the great stuff that you're doing. So, Charles, tell us about who you are, a little bit more about your background, and how you arrived at um, blogging and creating this gluten this healthy haven for gluten and dairy-free recipes. <laughs> okay, well, um, it all started in about 2014. That was when I first started my blog. Mm -hmm. um, what happened was I've always been passionate about health. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I originally studied to be a diabetes specialist. Okay. Um, so when I studied to be a diabetes specialist, I think it was the second year into my studies, they started to have um, cuts on the um, NHS, which is our national healthcare service in the UK. Yes. And at that time, I was thinking to myself, okay, if they have cuts, I'm probably not going to be able to be the diabetes specialist that I want to be. So I thought, do I continue with studying or do I just sort of like, cry and just get really upset that I can't do it but I decided to still study and graduate as a, a diabetes specialist um, I didn't get the job that I wanted um, so I ended up working a totally different field to what I originally studied um, 
And at the same time, I always had this burning passion for health. And I really wanted to tap into being Caribbean and being African Caribbean and looking at our health because we have so many preventable diseases like obesity, strokes, diabetes. There's so many things that really was bothering me that I really wanted to tap into, but I just didn't know how to. So um, I remember speaking to my mom and my grandma and because their, their health was not the best. Mm. And I remember thinking to myself, well, if I just ask them, you know, about Caribbean food and if they're willing to just adapt to a few changes that I want to do, how would they respond? So I asked them and they said, okay, you know, you, you make your recipes, the Caribbean recipes and make them healthy and we'll try them and see if you like them. So I made one or two adaptations to recipes and they were like, oh, this is good. You know, this is good. And I, and I felt really pleased with myself and thought, you know what? There, there has to be something out there, like a blog. Like I was looking at other bloggers and I was thinking, you know what? I want to join them and I want to do something which mirrors what they do, but has a Caribbean um, perspective on it. Mm-hmm. So from there, I just, it was in 2014. I think it was just before my birthday. And I said to myself, right, before my birthday, I'm going to, it's like a present to myself. I'm going to create my own website. So I had like two or three days before my birthday and I sat there and I wrote all these names. I had an idea of what I wanted to do, but I thought, how do I actually, um, how do I put the platform out there? How do I put myself out there? How do I, what, what would my, you know, what would my niche be? And what would I call myself? So I had all these little names and wrote down about five or six names. And then I finally thought, aha, that girl cooks healthy. Well, that sounds okay. Mm. So I, 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 I literally stuck with that girl cooks healthy. And then I just literally made a WordPress um, website saying that girl cooks healthy. And from there, I started to um, just submit recipes. I, mean, I must admit, to begin with, it was kind of like, I wasn't sure of the direction because I was doing it as a hobby based on my family's feedback. And it just grew from there. It started off as just being a WordPress website where I was just posting Caribbean recipes because I wanted to reach Caribbean people. It was so important to me to reach Caribbean people because there is a lack of Caribbean bloggers out there. There's more now over the, when I, since I started in 2014, but there's still more now though there's more now especially on instagram right like wow there's a lot now yeah there's more now there is more now but when i started there was not as many Mm -hmm. um so from there i thought to myself um i don't really drink a lot of dairy anyway um um and at the same time caribbean food the majority of it is gluten-free and because there's so many people out there who have um which what is called celiac disease and um, they cannot eat gluten. Yeah. I thought, okay, if I merge the two together, if I do the dairy-free and I do the gluten-free and then just merge that into my brand and, and put it with the Caribbean food, it would work. So that from there, that's what I did. And I put that girl cooks healthy and that's where the gluten-free and the dairy-free side came into it. So from there, that's pretty much what I did. Mm, well, I love it. I love it. I love it. And also in terms of Caribbean food bloggers, I mean, there's, there's quite a bit out there. If you go on to, if you just like, I just did a, a simple Google search and there's, 
let's see, Simply Caribbean, there's Caribbean mm -hmm. Heart, Taste the Islands, Immaculate Bites. Um, in terms of women featured on our platform, there's our lovely friend Tamara, Tamara Douge. Um, Tamara's company's got a new name now, goodness gracious. What's it called now? Because she's recently changed names, right? Tamara? Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember, but we're going to plug it later. There's Cooking with... Yeah, I, I know her. Yeah, there's Jahan Can Cook. There's also Isle Bites um, from my lovely friend um, in Grenada. So there's a lot. There's a lot of women and men who are on, you know, Instagram in particular and on the mm -hmm. web now, these inter interwebs, and they're doing a lot around Caribbean food. What makes you stand out, however, what makes you different is that your blog is all healthy. It's for people like me. For example, I'm a vegan. Everybody knows I'm vegan. You know how big up all the vegans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As of tomorrow, 24 years vegan. Shout out to myself. Okay. And, um, I think people like me who are from the West Indies and who come, I, I come from this culture. It's so nice for me to be able to go to your website and see gluten-free and see vegan and, and just be completely inspired. So you're really carving out a niche. I don't know if there's anyone else from the Caribbean doing this kind, your type of blogging, but I think that's what makes you stand out. And that makes you different from, from the other Caribbean bloggers. Not that what they're doing isn't amazing, but for example, when I go to say, uh, uh, let's say I go to a Guyanese um, Caribbean blogger and I see they have pepper pot or I have what rundown is oil down yeah. or rundown that the Guyanese have, you know, that's going to be a, a traditional meat dish. But then I'm going to have to think to myself, how can I veganize this? You know what I yeah. mean? Whereas yeah. I can come to your website and see the vegan version of that dish, which I think is really cool. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think with um, Caribbean food being veganized, there are... Um, you know, as you just said, that there are a few um, bloggers that do vegan. And then you also have to remember that with Caribbean food, some of it naturally is um, vegan. Like um, we use a lot of like coconut milk for, for recipes. So sometimes you don't actually need to adapt a recipe. It naturally comes vegan or it's at least dairy free. So there, there is that side where you don't have to make the adaptations. And I think the, the beauty of being Caribbean is that we have... Um, like coconut milk plays a big part and now coconut milk is more it's it's become more trendy if you notice now there are a lot of um, people who endorse coconut oil coconut milk um, coconut cream and these are things that we always had so they're becoming more trendy now so for that reason some people are naturally tapping into Caribbean food and they feel comfortable because they're familiar with coconut milk because they may use coconut milk for their cereal, for example. So it, it's not always changeable or it doesn't always need to be changed. Sometimes it naturally is that vegan style which people are looking for. And I'm glad you made that point. I'm glad you made that point. And that's very important because you're right. There are a lot of Caribbean foods that are just naturally vegan and you don't need to do anything to them, to be honest. And we do use a lot of coconut milk and we, and, you know, almond milk and we use a lot of non-dairy. And also, you know, there are a lot of people in the West Indies who are um, pescatarians and vegetarians, but they don't brand themselves in that way. Mm -hmm. They don't call themselves that. And you don't, you don't, you don't know that. Like, for example, with me, people always say, oh, your parents must have been that way. But a lot of our parents and grandparents grew up eating natural foods and grew yeah. up you know, a lot of us grew up going into the garden to pick our foods. And a lot of us grew up just in a very natural way, particularly our parents and our grandparents, which, which we know today as being green. But for them, that's just yeah. what they did. That's just what they did. So I'm really glad that you made that point. And in terms of um, 
Caribbean vegan bloggers, even if you put, go into Google and type in Caribbean vegan bloggers, you're going to see a lot of, of stuff popping up as well. And the great thing is that Caribbean food is so, it's so multifaceted because of all the different cultures that make yeah. up the West Indies, you know, the Africans and, and the various European influences and the Indians and the Chinese and mm-hmm. indigenous people. So I think it's, it's, it's just a one eclectic mix, which is fantastic. But we are going to talk about... Um, being a Caribbean food blogger and transitioning into entrepreneurship. <laughs> and what, what the next thing I, I thought of when, when you mentioned this topic was, okay, so is there a difference between being a blogger and being an entrepreneur? And that's a whole other conversation because I think there's some people who don't consider bloggers entrepreneurs. Like people, I had a conversation recently with two influencers in branding on on the podcast and they were from the Caribbean as well. Mm -hmm. And they talked about people not considering influencers entrepreneurs. And I think you've got this very gray line now in the entrepreneurial space where you have people who are bloggers and content creators and influencers and so on. But no one really knows whether they're entrepreneurs or not. No one really knows if they consider themselves entrepreneurs and that's a whole conversation so um i think what you want to discuss is your transitioning from being you know a blogger and monetizing your blog and figuring out how you're going to make money from your blog and then becoming an entrepreneur is that correct is that yeah that's correct yeah yeah i I mean about that then i'm at the moment i'm as you said i'm transitioning because i still work Um, in a corporate environment well I actually work in food so I still work with food when I'm not blogging so I get the best of both worlds but it's not where I want to be I I don't really want to work for someone for the rest of my life but at the same time I know right I know I I shouldn't say that I shouldn't say that because there, there are a lot of people who, who have no issues with working for others, but this podcast is for the woman who wants to start her own business. Yeah, this is for the ladies who want to just be free spirits and earn their own money. Yeah. So um, in that respect, um, I like I said, I work within food, but at the same time, I get to do my blog when I'm away from that environment. So I still, I'm always immersed in food, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, how I make money, um, I make money from adverts, but adverts is not where I want to start. I want to do meal plans. I want to do videos. I want to end up doing a product. So that is where my vision is at at the moment. It's like I'm almost like seeing it and I have ideas written down of how I'm going to get to that stage. So that is what I want to do. But the adverts are great for just a passive income. As long as you have um, a reasonable amount of traffic, you will get a reasonable amount of income for it. So it, it can work. Um, so the thing with the entrepreneurship thing is I think when you blog to begin with, you don't necessarily start out thinking about whether you can make an income. Like I didn't, when I started blogging, I just wanted to share my passion because I was so passionate about food that I wanted to share it with the world. I wanted people to know that I existed. I wanted people to know that my recipes were there and I wanted people to try it. And from there I got the feedback. And, and that really helped to, it really helped to cultivate my brand. Like when I got positive feedback, mm-hmm. it helped. And I, I didn't just get positive. I sometimes had feedback which could critique what I did. Mm-hmm. And I would also take that on board as well. So between the, the combination of the good and the 
not necessarily bad, but the critiquing feedback, it helped to shape where the direction I was taking. I thought to myself, you know what, um, Shah, you can take this to a level where you can get a bigger outreach and who knows what you can do. So to begin with, I didn't think about the monetary side of it. And I think most people, like, like I said, most people are not thinking about turning blog into a business because who really knows someone who blogs for a living? Mm. I mean, nowadays, you probably will find someone who's blogging, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not really recognized as a um, sort of like a career path. It's not tangible. You can't see somebody making the money. Mm -hmm. If you can't, I think if you can't see it, it tends to be overlooked and people don't necessarily understand blogging. They think it's, it's just you writing about what you're passionate about and maybe one or two people may stumble upon it type of thing. They don't, so get, it. They don't get it. I think, no. I think a lot of people are largely confused about what it means to be a content yeah. creator generally. What does that mean? Why would anybody want to be a content creator? Who, who, what does this person do? <laughs> you know, I think yeah. there's, definitely. there's definitely a lot of that. So, you started blogging how many years ago then? Um, about four years, but I started taking it seriously more about, I'd say, two and two years ago. Okay. The first two years was just sort of like playing about with the blog. Making mistakes. Making plenty of mistakes. Of course, of course. And at what point did you feel like, okay, I, I can do something with this? I can, I can um, do this. I think when... I think when I started having people reach out to me, because I, I did an interview about two years ago um, when I was in London, I was invited to London to, to do an interview. Mm -hmm. And that really made me think, wow, you know, you just spoke to a good few thousand people within the UK about your blog. And, and it was that moment where everything to me felt real. It, it felt like this really is doable this is definitely something that you can turn into a business and and it was when my traffic for my website when it started to spike and when i started to make money that was when i thought you know what you're making money so you know you can go further with the money you know you, you can get opportunities so it's all about when people approach you as well it really makes you it, it gives you a, a, a self like a um it's like a feel good factor. Validation. It's validation. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It helps to solidify your brand, definitely. Yeah, for sure. So at that stage, you thought, okay, I'm getting, I'm getting good feedback. I'm starting to feel good about myself and, and this whole thing. And then you said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to take it to the next level. So what does that look like, taking it to the next level? What do you have to do? Um, you have to put a lot of work into taking it to the next level. Like you, you when you see that your blog can potentially be a business, you take it more seriously. Like you'll make sacrifices. Like me, I don't really have much of a social life. Uh -huh. I mean, I socialize, but I, I don't socialize a lot. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's that stage when you start to make sacrifices for things that you would normally do um, when you're not blogging and you pretty much tell yourself, okay, I need to either do them less or not at all. And, and I literally did that. So socializing for me was, it was almost like it came to a halt because I really wanted to, I, I cultivated my website, I treated it like a little baby. I, I, I put everything you can think of into my website. And also when I was um, making money 
from the adverts, I reinvested the money. So I'd put money back into it. So I wasn't spending it. I was putting it back into my website. Um, so that was another thing that I did as well. Um, so it was pretty much a case of just how can you go from being at this stage to a higher stage? And, and also social media helps as well. And like you really have to constantly put yourself out there and people, because, because traffic won't come to you. You have to do something in order to accumulate traffic. And if you don't cultivate your blog and if you don't put more content out and if you don't try to reach um, certain aspects um, in the sort of like webosphere, then you won't be able to grow. So you, and you have to learn as well. You have to research as well. Um, of how to go your blog. So it's definitely a lot of research into it. So it was at that point when I thought, okay, I, I can take it to another another level. Okay, let's talk a little bit about putting yourself out there because you you just hit the nail on the head when I think you said verbatim, you've got to put yourself out there. No one's going to come and find you. No. So when you're a blogger, it's, it's okay to just say, yeah, I'm a blogger, I'm online, this is fun, da da da, da. But when you decide, I want to monetize this, I want to be an entrepreneur now. I want to make blogging my business. How important is it to put yourself out there? I mean, not only do you have to consistently generate content, but how important is it to put yourself, your face out there? Um, it is very important because you are your brand. When you have the name like me, that girl cooks healthy, um, I have to represent that brand so that people are able to understand what the brand is about and you get a level of authority as well because um again it takes time it, it's not an overnight process but when people know about your website and when they visit your website and they continue to to visit your website you know then you have a strong audience behind you and from there you're able to sort of like bring yourself to another level but that, as I said, it takes time and you also need to be on social media a lot and you also need to connect with brands if, if you can do that. Brands is a little bit another subject. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is. It's Brands are, a, I'm a little 50-50 of that. But I know. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of people are just, um, you know, I, I follow a lot. I spend a lot of my time on social media, not just for myself, but following, like I study them. I've got brands that I follow. I've got influencers that I follow. I'm always on YouTube because I'm in, I'm in content business as well. And I'm always trying to learn and I'm always looking at trends. And I find that a lot of the influencers now, or even there seems to be a shift where influencers are deciding they don't want to work with brands because brands are very fickle. You know, yeah. they, they want you today because you're the thing, you're it, drop you tomorrow kind of thing. And there's a lot of people who have got like half a million followers in social media or a million followers and they're, you know, brands are rushing to them and they're like, yeah, okay, I'll do this ad fine, but that's not where I'm going to, the, the bulk of my income is going to come from. And they're just really doing their own thing and starting their own brands and creating their own products. And whereas maybe five years ago, it was all about building your, your social media so you can attract a brand. But I think people are realizing that, mm, like you said, people are kind of iffy about that as well, you know? Yeah, I think with, I mean, I've worked with one or two brands, but I don't have like, for example, a contract, which some people do have with a brand, which means you're buying to a contract and you may have to um, work with the specific product for maybe a year to six months. Um, 
I think initially I wanted to work with brands on that type of level, but now I don't want to do it anymore because I'm so determined to make my own products and make my own money um, through doing, for example, like I said, meal plans and, and doing like, you know, other things that I've created that I'm not particularly concerned about working with brands because there are good and bad experience with brands. Um, it, it is one of those situations where you can have a good experience with a brand and you can have a really bad experience with a brand. And I wouldn't deter people from working with brands, but I wouldn't say to put emphasis on working with brands. Like don't become a food blogger so you can work with brands. I mean, certainly work with brands if you have an opportunity, but don't work towards that. You want, you want to work towards earning your own money where you're not dependent on a brand. Because like you said, they're changeable. One, you know, like they can work with you one day and another day they may not want to work with you. And, and I think you're trying to work with them. Yeah, your advice is very important. Why would you... I mean, think about it. And there was an influencer I was watching the other day on YouTube. I forgot her name. She's like a British, a black British influencer. And she was mm -hmm. like, why would you build your social media, all your social media up to hundreds and thousands of followers just so you can work with a brand? She's like, work with them. That's money. But you need to be focused on building your own brand and make yeah. your own products. And your goal should be, you know, if you're into fashion, create your own fashion line or become a fashion consultant or, mm -hmm. you know, she's like, be business minded. And she, she was making a very good point that everyone that you see with a million followers is not necessarily making money because- no. Well, everybody on YouTube isn't making money because YouTube doesn't pay you much. And she was showing us that YouTube doesn't pay much. And she was like, there are a lot of people out there who don't know their worth. She was saying, you'd be surprised, you know, there are people out there with half a million followers on Instagram and they're charging brands nothing for a pose, you know, or for yeah. a snapshot. And she's like, don't be fooled. You know, there are a lot of people who've got the followers, but they don't know what they're doing. And she said, those people that you see in social media who constantly put ad in their, in their descriptions, they're the ones making the money because every time there's an ad, that means they get paid for that. Not just, yeah. not just for that photo, but for every click and every person yeah. that, that, their, that their 1 million followers have bought in or clicked on that ad. And she was like, that's money. But at the same time, the clever ones are also creating their own businesses because it's like, why would you have a million people following you and not use that to, to create products for yourself? You know, so it, 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 right. makes, it makes sense because, you know, an ad, just like, just like any other, you know, in, influencer, ad, whatever, they're going to like you today. And when you're not hot anymore, they're going to go to the next person that's hot. Right, so not, right. Be, and I think... It shouldn't be the bulk of your income. It shouldn't. No, I agree. And I think that reason people, when they start like an Instagram account and they want to become a, an influencer or a brand ambassador, I think they're looking at people who they see, who they want to follow on Instagram and they think, okay, I can make, I don't know, a million dollars just from doing that. And, and that's not the way it works and it shouldn't work that way because that is not being an entrepreneur to me. You're still working for someone. If you're being paid by someone um, and you haven't built it from the ground up, you're not an entrepreneur to me. You're just, to me, I think you're just working for somebody else, but you have a little bit more freedom than what you would do working in the office. That, that's just the way I see it. I, yeah, I just... Of course, of course. And, that's, and, that, and that's your perspective. And, you know, I can't say I disagree with it because I feel like a big part of being an entrepreneur is having 
having the freedom to do your own thing and to, and to choose. But at the same time, I think if you, if you, like you said, if you can make that income, then fine. But if you're not building your thing from the ground up and really like out there building this business from scratch, I'm not entirely sure you're an entrepreneur, but everybody has a different definition. I mean, the other day I was enlightened when I, I had someone on the podcast and this is Psyche Southwell, big up to Psyche, who's um, a major influencer and she's, um, uh, what is her, what is Psyche is behind, oh God, I can't remember, but it's going to come to me and I'm going to mention it. And she was saying that a lot of influencers don't show you the hard work that goes into, into what they do. She's like, every photo is so, it's, it's taken in a certain way, you know, it's, yeah. it's it, it, economy of style. That's, that's Psyche's brand. And she's like, also, there's a lot that we do behind the scenes. I mean, she's a content creator. She's a consultant. She's running her own business. It's not just yeah. as an influencer, but obviously that, that's, she's a businesswoman, but not a lot of yeah. people are doing that. And just because someone isn't showing you the full spectrum doesn't mean they're not running a number of businesses behind the scenes. And that's also very important to remember as well. Yeah, so definitely. You, you can start out as a blogger and like a food blogger, for example, and someone with your background and then end up becoming a consultant to people who, like you said, they like your recipes and they want you to do things for them or create things for them. But because you're not saying that in your description or showing that, that doesn't mean that you're not doing it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's definitely more behind the scenes. Um, I mean, I don't know too much about an influencer, so I can't really comment too much about that. But I do know with food blogging, for example, um, if I give that as an example, because I do it, um, people assume that it's a case of you make the recipe, you take the picture, you write a couple of words, you post it online, and that's it. And, and no one, if you said to someone that it takes you um, maybe two or three days to do all this process, they wouldn't believe. They, they, they don't see what goes on. So I can believe with an influencer, it would be the same principle. That's exactly what Psyche Southwell was saying. She was saying, you know, you, and her, her, everybody go to her Instagram as well. She's economy of style and her photos are absolutely stunning and everything about her style is gorgeous. But she's like, there's a lot of work that goes into that. She said it looks effortless, but there's so much work. You know, you've got to go to the location. You've got to get your photographer, all the, all the techniques of taking the photographs, the equipment. I mean, the looks, I mean, it's, it's, she said it's supposed to look that way. It's supposed to look flawless. It's supposed to look effortless, but she's like one photo could have taken me an entire day. You know? Yeah, I believe I can believe it. Especially if you're going, to, if you're traveling, especially if you're going to a specific location, there's a lot. And I imagine food blogging is quite similar. You know, you want to get the perfect shot. You want to, you want to get, the, yeah. you're pouring the drink as opposed to having the drink just standing there. And there's, yeah. a, lot of, there's a lot of technique that goes into food blogging as well. Yeah, with, um, with food blogging, it's funny because when you start food blogging, you yeah. don't necessarily know that you need to take good pictures because um, when I started food blogging, my pictures are horrible. Like they were, the, the lighting was terrible. Um, there, there was no concept to it. Um, there was a lack of direction. It looked disorganized and, and it didn't make sense. But yeah. the, the, the actual post made sense but the picture to support the post was like, what the hell is this? It was all over the place. But now um, you learn, with, that's the thing, the beauty with blog, blogging um, as a food blogger, you learn to perfect your craft and you do a lot of trial and error and you do a lot of picture taking. Like you can take a hundred pictures of one recipe post 
and you learn and you edit and when you edit it becomes beautiful with time it, it takes time it's not overnight and that's the thing i have to emphasize with blogging and i say it a million times it takes time it is not overnight success and it is not overnight um results it, it takes time it can take months it can take years but it definitely takes time and that's the thing with blogging you have to persevere and be patient because um it, there are so many times when you want to give up blogging and, and even i myself there's times when i feel really sad and i think what's the point uh, this i mean you it can happen that you can post a recipe and you think that you're going to get a good hit for it and you don't and you feel oh my gosh i spent two weeks making this recipe i did trial and error no one likes it i don't want to blog and then it's just a phase it's a yeah. phase accept it you know this particular recipe may not have been a hit because it just happened to be that way or it could be maybe you need to make a change to it to get more people to be more receptive to it and you know it, it happens but don't give up like never give up never yeah. and, and that's what you say is so important i mean nobody nobody knows what they're doing when they first start out in this in this stuff i mean who knows what they're doing <laughs> you know no, no I mean, absolutely if, no. if you know what you're doing then you wouldn't be doing it right i think it's just you people need to realize that it's all it's all a risk um starting something is a risk putting yourself out there is a risk because it's it's complete vulnerability because you don't know what you're doing and you're putting stuff out there and you don't know how people are going to respond to it but if you believe in what you're doing and if you think what you're doing matters and it's offering some value then you just have to keep at it and keep at it and keep at it and keep at it until you start perfecting your craft like you said when you initially started your lighting was bad right but now yeah. you've got it down you've got it mastered right <laughs> I, I still feel like even now that I'm learning and I still ask people and that's another thing as well, support, because it's, it can be very lonely being a um, food blogger. I'm sure it can be lonely for any type of blog, but um, my experience is that it can be very, very lonely, but I remedy it by speaking to people online, particularly people who are Caribbean bloggers as well, because I naturally can, you know, um, adhere to them through the cultural similarities and they're doing the same thing as me. So it definitely helps if you reach out to people um, for support because you'll probably go crazy if you don't. So that is another thing that you should do. You should definitely seek help and support blogging. Ask questions. There's no such thing as a stupid question. And that is another thing. Just always ask questions um, because you're there to learn and you will never learn. And, and Chances are somebody else will have the same question that you have. If you go to like a Facebook group and you want to ask a question, but you feel really embarrassed, somebody else may have asked the question before or they may have the question and they don't want to ask and you won't learn unless you ask. Yeah. So and then, one, one of the other food, Caribbean food bloggers that we want to shout out that we both have um, know in common is Caribbean Green Living. That's yeah. Tamara Douge. And I know Tamara's got, a new she's going in a new direction and she's got yeah. new products out but everybody should follow her i think her new handle is nubes caribbean and that's spelled yeah. n-o-u-b-e-s-s -S underscore caribbean and i know you guys have been a tremendous support to each other as you talked about um supporting each other and so on because you're yeah. west indian you're both in the same field and she's doing a lot of interesting things as well and she is someone who 
I think she started a little before you, but she's yeah. doing the same thing. She's changing. She started off with the blogging and then from blogging, she's now created her own line of products, her own recipes. Yeah. And she's also getting into lots of different things, gourmet condiments and just creating this whole brand out of new best. So it just goes to show that you start, and she's been blogging for years. So you start yeah. off doing one thing, but you branch into other things. So what I want to talk about now is, okay, so you've decided you want to be an entrepreneur. What are some of the ways that food bloggers can monetize their blogs or can turn their food blogging platform into a successful entrepreneurial venture? Um, there are a few ways you can turn it more into a entrepreneur um, type of direction. Um, the first one is, and I know someone who's doing this, mm -hmm. is through adverts. And I know another blogger who, um, I think she, she's been blogging for, since about 2012. Mm -hmm. And she gets the majority of her revenue through adverts. Nothing else but adverts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and she's doing very well. So it is doable. That's definitely possible. So you can make it with adverts if that's your thing. If you just want to have a type of passive income. Um, there's also affiliate programs. This is kind of touching on the influencer side of it. So I'm just giving the different various streams of income that you can make. Um, so you can do like affiliates. So that would be promoting, self-promoting a product and getting a commission sale for it. And there are people who do that. You can also do a sponsorship. Mm -hmm. And again, that's product endorsement. You may want to work with a specific brand and they'll pay you a certain amount of money to promote their um, products and you could have like a contract with them for example or it could just be um, occasional work so you can do that you can also do your own thing so I'll talk about the things that you can work for somebody and and then I'll discuss the things that you can do for yourself um, you can do for example a, a cookbook mm -hmm. quite a few bloggers that will start off um, earning money um, through ads and then they will start to create their own product which i think is is a really um good way of doing it because you have money from someone else and then you're starting to cultivate your own ideas so um their cookbooks you can make um money from cookbooks and the good thing with a cookbook is it's passive income um so mm -hmm. you can actually embed that onto your website and you mm -hmm. can make a stream of income all the time like you don't even need to put effort into it that people come onto your website and they think oh wow that's a nice book and they buy it and then you know you earn a bit of money for the day so you can do passive income through that um you can do meal plans which is the route that i want to take um and meal plans is just it's basically creating a meal plan um where you are just making life easier for your specific niche your audience and you're showing them how they can organize their way of creating recipes at a small cost and you're showing them how to buy where they need to buy the groceries what they need and just giving them guidelines as well and tips on how to really refine meal planning mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. another way that you can do it there's also um you can do things like cooking classes and cooking classes is another one that i'm seeing a lot of um, bloggers that i follow are starting to do now and they're teaching people. Some are doing it online, which I think is a really cool concept. Mm. So they have like maybe two or three, they have like a small number of people, like say six to eight people. They all sort of tune in at the same time via a, a video conference and they all cook together. And that's a good um, video 
um, cooking class and then you also have the traditional cooking class where you will rent a kitchen and you'll have a number of people, attendees, will go to a specific, um, I don't know, a specific location and you will all cook together. Um, so that's another way that you can do it as well. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just trying to think of, there was something else that I was going to say as well. Um, um, courses as well. People create courses that you can teach people how to um, do photography. You can teach people again how to cook through a course. You can teach people how to do food blogging. So you can do courses as well. So you can run your own course and, and you can um, sell that as well. So they're different and also um, products as well. A, a product as well. You can create your own product, which is similar to what um, my friend Caribbean Green Living, um, Nubis Caribbean. That's what she did, and she took her blog from um, blogging, and she's now transitioned into making her own products, which I'm really super proud of her for doing that. Yeah, she's doing really, she's doing really well, and she, like many bloggers, has figured out, well, not many, but some bloggers, because not all bloggers are successful at it, has figured out a way to monetize. I mean, if you go to nubes.com, um, her website, she's pretty much creating a whole product line of condiments and seasonings, you know, um, yeah. seasonings for everything, for fish, for different kinds of meats. Um, she's got the dried seasoning. She's got the purees and the fresh seasonings. So that's, that's, that's something very new that she's created. She's also out there at events, uh, live events yeah. and festivals. So there's a lot of different ways that you can generate income, but how do you figure out which way is the most, um, which, okay, there's two things. How do you figure out which way not only is the most profitable, but is most aligned with your skills? Because suppose the way forward is, is uh, say, writing books. Okay, everybody needs to write a book. You gotta write a book now. Everybody's gotta write a book. And you wanna write a cookbook, fine. But that's not your skill. Suppose what you love doing is live cooking, being out there cooking like live, but you don't have, I don't know, you don't, you don't have the confidence yet, or you feel like you don't have the, the income yet. How do you decide between the skill that you're good at, which probably is not going to generate that much income, or maybe you need to do it first to see if it generates the income versus doing what everybody else is doing, like the, like the books or, or, or whatever you think you need to be doing to make the money. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. yeah, I think um, I to answer that question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, um, well, I, I know what some people do because it's a really interesting question because um, I spoke to you about the um, cookbook idea that I wanted to do, which I've put on hold. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason why I put it on hold was because I, believe it or not, do not like to write. It's really strange because I food blog, but I don't like to write. Mm. Um, and I think, I know it's strange. And um Actually, some people will. <laughs> a lot of people are writing books, but they're not writers. But it's just like you're, and this is, and this is why I asked that question because you're being told write a book, write a book. Everybody's got to write a book. But if you're not a writer, if that doesn't come naturally to you, then should you be doing it? You know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, you can ghostwrite where you can pay somebody to mm -hmm. to do the book for you. That's if you're really determined to do a cookbook and you really detest writing or you have yeah. another reason why you don't want to write so you can um hire someone to do writing and i know some people who have had it ghost written the book and now some people will question the authenticity and say well it's not your writing but i think it's your concept and you have input 
and you approve what's been written, I would say it's more or less your work. And also not everybody is comfortable with all aspects of um, their food blogging adventure. Some people are not very good or do not like doing the um, photography side of it. So they will pay someone. So, or some people may, as I said, they may get somebody to write a recipe post for them. So there are different avenues. Um, there are pros and cons with blogging. You don't always have to be um, 100% um, great at every aspect of blogging. So I, I think um, ghostwriting would be an option if you know that you'll be more profitable, but you really need to make sure the person you work with has the same style of writing as what you would have, has the same vision. You really would have to discuss it in full, I think, to really make sure it's the right path to take, yeah. even though you're not, it's not your strength. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's where you have to surround yourself with your, your mentors and your advisors and your coaches who are, or whoever you have around you to kind of say, okay, what is it that you want to do? How, why do you want to do this? Is this what you really believe? Because if you really believe that your main strength is live cooking, then you should be out there mm -hmm. cooking live. And I think if you're passionate yeah. about it and you're good at it, that's, that's where the income is going to come from. If there's someone telling you, oh, you need to write a book. I know you need to do this. I know you need to do that. But that's not what you're passionate about. Are you ever really going to be achieve the success that you really want? No, I, I don't think so. I, don't, I, think you should, I think you should follow what your strength is because um, if you're so good at it, like you said, um, you will more than likely get the feedback and the support that you need to help yourself grow. And then in turn, you will get the stream of income that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So I think it definitely can work that way. Yeah. Um, I, I just yeah. think with the, with, the, with the book thing, if you're not good at it, then don't force yourself to do it. Yeah. Because, because even, though, even though blogging is writing, it's still different to writing a book. Not yeah. Different. Yeah. It, it, it's different. It, it, it is different because I, I actually have the manuscript of my book right now. And um, like I said, I put it on hold. But when I wrote the manuscript of my book, it was so mentally draining. Mm -hmm. And I hope mm -hmm. to release it. I mean, I hope to release it maybe maybe next year. I, I just have to hold off right now. Um, but it is. I can tell you there's a major difference between a blog post and writing a book yeah definitely a lot different it's, oh, yeah. it's more draining oh yeah absolutely and i mean writing a blog post is really about sharing sharing some information in in in, in a very punchy sort of captivating way you include photos you're you're doing it for a reason either you want to direct traffic to a product you want to enhance like there's there's it's very focused it's very directed and it's short it's it's truncated it's it's not it's not a lengthy piece whereas a book is an entire narrative. Like it's, yeah. it's got characters and themes and, you know, it's got to make sense. It's got different chapters and it's, it's much more, much more, um, I would say complicated than writing a blog. Definitely. It's, it's more complicated and it's more mentally challenging. And <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, you have to make sure that everything makes complete sense and it's there's a lot more length to it is there's definitely a, a lot more involved in it is a lot more it's not as simple as 
writing a recipe post because there's a lot more work that goes into it because you will eventually publish this so you look at it from a different perspective it's not even the same as writing a recipe post not even near to it and there's a lot more research that needs to go into um, writing a cookbook as well yeah um, so there's that aspect of it as well you said you've got the the manu the manuscript you said for your yeah so what what was that experience like can you talk a little bit about that Oh, that wasn't a lot. Again, it was a lot of work. Um, I literally, I think I did, I, it took me about a year, about two years to write. Wow. Uh, yeah, but I, I focused on it at, at, at just in increments. So I would focus on my blog and then every once in a while I would go back to writing the manuscript. Mm -hmm. And I literally had uh, about, I think I wanted to work a hundred recipes. I said, okay, I'm going to get 100 Caribbean recipes and I want to do recipes from different islands and I want to put them into a cookbook. So it was a case of researching the recipes that I wanted to put into the manuscript and I had to do the research around the recipe. So I made sure that it, I was using the right type of information because I don't want to offend somebody else is um, another Caribbean island because we're all passionate about our recipes for each island. So there was that aspect to it. It was, it was, there was just so much more that you had to think about. It was really tiring and I had to pull myself away from it because once I started to write, um, I felt so drained that I felt like I couldn't do my blog for, a short period of time so that's the way that I managed to do it everyone's different some people find that they can sit there and write the whole manuscript within like I know another Caribbean blogger and she did a, a book and it took her eight weeks she said she just she, she lived on um I think she said she was living on a ranch at the time mm -hmm. and she just mm -hmm. literally just locked herself away in a room and she, she it took her about eight eight weeks to do a book and she has a beautiful book um, and she just locked herself away. And I thought, wow, I wish I could do that. And, and it's just different. Everyone is different. Yeah. Everyone, Every, everyone is different. And everyone's, everyone's right. Some people, they're writing retreats where you go away for a, re in, uh, for a retreat and it, in some place like Thailand or Bali or, or wherever, Aruba, wherever, Monstrat. And you sit there for eight, nine weeks and you write your book as a part of a, of a bigger retreat with, with other people. So there's a lot going on in terms of how you can write. But maybe you're someone who, who writes as you get inspired or you write, you know, when at night or everyone's different, like you said. And I guess you yeah. can't really compare, compare the two. So what um, parting words do you have for our listeners who are food blogging and are considering taking their blog to the next level? Um, I would say um, to not give up. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you do your research into um, recipes mm -hmm. and also seek support. Like always seek support because you need a, a good support base around you. And just have a realistic have realistic expectations of your blog. Um, I think that's the very important thing to um, ultimately think about. Like, really be realistic about your blog and where you want to take it to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Be realistic. Mm, that's that's very sensible advice. Be realistic. But you know what I'm learning? Realistic is different for everybody. <laughs> 
Your yeah, it is. It's, my, it's, my realistic are very different because my realistic, you might think, oh my God, that's outrageous, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's true. So, but it's, it's true. But you've got, I think what you're also, what you're, the point you're driving home is be sensible, do things with sense, you know, just don't, um, yeah. don't try to conquer the world in, 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 in two years because it doesn't work that way. Yeah. I no. Think, I, think one, I think one thing every entrepreneur has learned is patience. You learn a yeah. lot. Of, you learn a lot of patience. You learn a lot about about failing and what it's like to keep going despite all the things that happen along the way. And those are the things that no one talks about. And that's why this podcast is so important because we discuss the things that are happening as you're building from scratch that no one ever really talks about. Yeah, that there's so much to learn. And unfortunately, some of it you may learn by yourself. But at the same time, if you can seek help and support from somebody else who's gone through the experience, that will help you a lot because you will learn a lot from them. And there are some mistakes which you won't necessarily need to go through because there's someone who's already done it and you can be prevented from going through it. So um, that definitely helps. Yeah, for sure. So those are your parting words. Thank you so much for that. Now, where can we reach you? Where can we find you? You can find me at my website itself. My direct website is www.thatgirlcookshealthy.com. I'm also on Twitter, um, which is at cookwithshaw. Instagram is thatgirlcookshealthy. And Pinterest is thatgirlcookshealthy as well. Okay. And what about email? If someone wants to reach out to you via email, can they do that? Yeah. My email address is thatgirlcookshealthy at gmail.com. Perfect. Okay. And is there anything that you're looking for, anything that you need help with, um, that you want support with? Are you looking for a collaborator or a partner or, or anything in particular? Uh, let me see. I am looking for, I am not good at, te- at technical stuff. Yes. So I am looking for within the next few months, I would like a web designer. So someone who can revamp my website and make it a million times better than it is. <laughs> so a web designer is what I would like. Um, yeah, I think a web designer, if anybody does any virtual assistance, mm-hmm. um, that would be that would be a big help. Those are things that I'm looking for within the next few months. So if anybody is out there who can do those two things, get in touch. My web designer is incredible, but she's, she's going on a new path. Monique, if you're listening in, Monique, are you out there in the universe listening? She's going on to a different path now where she's not doing okay. a lot of websites, but she's, she's incredible. So maybe we, I can get her to, um, to forget her other path and come back to it. Maybe. But no, I didn't say anything. No, I didn't say anything. No comment from me. No comment. My, my 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 web designer idea idea alchemist she's also from the caribbean she's from barbados and she's okay. incredible she did my website and um but if there are other web designers out there please do get in touch um to get in touch with me actually because i'm also looking for um to have a list of um web designers and just technical people on hand that i yeah can, I can we need the techies to, yeah to my audience and to mm. my um just to my to my future members and so on so if you're if you're into web design reach out to me as well and yeah so that's what you're looking for and you said you're also looking for um what's the other thing you said web design virtual assistant vas virtual assistant yeah. I, I'm familiar with, I know there, I know virtual, the thing about virtual assistant is you can do it from anywhere, right? I know yeah. there's a 
two assistants on our platform that's based that's based in London that I can put you in contact with. But that's also another niche area that I would love to have people contact me on because a lot of new stage, early stage entrepreneurs are looking for VAs. People, to yeah. do, you know, we don't, we don't have time. People to do the social yeah. media, people to, to, you know, make us, make people believe we have an office when we really don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> yeah, a VA. No, yeah, no, but seriously, who has, who has offices these days? But no, really, you just <laughs> want to do all that stuff so you can be out there trying to figure out how to make, make the money, right? Exactly, so exactly. Please, please do get in touch if you're into VAing, if you're into building websites and you know all the technical stuff that us mere non-tech mortals can't seem to get together so reach out and contact us and Charles, it's been such a pleasure to have you, you on sure. the podcast we've been planning this for almost two years now <laughs> I, I know it less <laughs> it's been a while and where in the uk are you based i know you're not in london no birmingham so you're, the west midlands the middle central in- you're a Brummie. You're in Brum. You don't sound like a Birmingham girl. No, I don't. My 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 accent is it's everywhere. I know it's, but you know, because Birmingham accent, you know, Midlands accent, you you know it, and you don't you don't sound like a like a. No, I think maybe because I travel a lot, so my accent is everywhere. So are- I'm glad I don't. I don't like the local accent. It's you don't. No. Oh gosh. No. <laughs> You are a Caribbean, a cosmopolitan Caribbean, a woman of the world, right? Yes, I am. (laughs) Free free spirit. Thank you so much for all of the work work that you're doing because um, not only, like I said, you're not just a Caribbean food blogger. You're a a food blogger that focuses on Caribbean food, on gluten-free food, on healthy food. You brought in a lot of your 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 technical work like you said you were studying at nutrition and and so on you focus on healthy food and that's very niche that's very that's very specific thank you for doing that because i i appreciate it i i actually look at your recipes and use your recipes but thank you for offering this specialty to the world it's new it's vibrant. Thank you for putting Caribbean food out there on the map and showing people that Caribbean food is spicy, yes, but it's also healthy. Yeah. And, and thank you for just, yeah, for everything that you do. It's really incredible. You don't have to do this work, but you do it. We all know blogging is difficult. A lot of bloggers give up. A lot of bloggers give up. And what yeah. they end up, what you find a lot of bloggers end up doing is they go and they often they work for content creation companies. And they do get really high positions in these firms, don't get me wrong, because they're good at blogging. But you know, a lot of bloggers find it hard to transition into into uh, an entrepreneurial space. So you're doing it, and I wish you all the best. And Thank can't you. wait for you to come back on the podcast Thank uh, you. once you once the book is launched and all your products and everything is out there, so we can support you and big you up and and tell the whole world about you. Thank you. Thank Yay. you for having me. All right, lovely ones, <laughs> rare ones. That is it. I hope you have gleaned much from this podcast. I know that I have. Please reach out to Charles with any questions or any concerns. And until next time, bye for now. Bye. Bye, bye, bye.